Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, says she's seen more health issues with the dog's joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do this same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. Now, my dog, Phoebe, is the queen of our house, and I can tell you that her health is extremely important to us. She is a part of our family. I watched the video, y'all, and I was amazed by the things I didn't know that could impact your dog's health. This 20-minute video is packed full of tips that I've already started with my dog, Phoebe. I'm noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com RLRC and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com slash R-L-R-C. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will point one for you. Do you understand your rights? And the wolf is at your door. You're running so This episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast may contain descriptions of acts of violence or that of a sexual nature and should be for people that are 18 years or older. Heed my warning, people. I do not get the facts of these cases off of the internet or for some television show. The facts I'm retelling you were presented to me by the victims of the crimes or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes are what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. And today, we're going to be continuing the series, Death Penalty Phase, and I think this is five. And y'all know, normally I'm raw and unscripted, and I go from memory on my cases, but this case needs to be told in a certain way, and that's what I'm doing. You're getting all the courtroom transcripts, you're getting it verbatim, word for word, and there's a reason why. We're building up to the confession that that Eric Mickelson gave over what he did to Christy O'Pry. He confessed to another murder, and that was not being able to, 
that was not able to be used in the Mr. Charles Martin's uh, murder case, but it is able to be used his confession, even though they never found her body in the death penalty phase. And when I get done with this, we're going to get with the family and we're going to do a call to action and see if we can't find Miss Christie. All right, I'm rolling with it. So the when I left you last, the, the defense had just got done um, interviewing Detective Smoltz, and now it's redirect examination by the prosecution. And remember, when I say the name, it, uh, like Mr. Edwards is prosecuted, I'll say Mr. Edwards, and then I'll say question. That's his voice. The answer will be the detective or whatever witness is on the stand. All right, so beginning, Mr. Edwards. Now, in your initial investigation on the Woolworth Road property, can you describe to the ladies and gentlemen the size of this property? Answer. The property was 22 acres, I was told, and it probably was. It had a pond, and most of the land was grass, and had a pond approximately in the middle of it. And in the back of the pond, at the fence line, there was a trash pile. Question. So we didn't have a crime scene unit come and look over every inch of the property, correct? Answer. No, sir. Question. First of all, tell us a little bit about that property. What first caught your eye about that property? Answer. It's his property. If you want to do whatever you want it to on your own property, you can. Question. And was there anything in particular that made you think of anything the defendant ever did? Answer. I just tried to cover all the bases and his property is one of those. Question. Now, the pawn in question, at, the, at this point, you don't have any information that someone may have been placed in the pond, correct? Answer. No, sir. Question. And did you go in the middle of the pond? Answer. No, sir. Question. Did you dredge up the pond? Answer, no, sir. Question, basically, your visual inspection, it looked like a shallow pond. Answer, yes, sir. Question, that was your estimation of the deepness of the pond, correct? Answer, around. What I could see, walk around it. Yes, sir. Question. And the defense asked you about a specific tip you looked into, correct? Answer, yes, sir. Question, and this is someone you knew? Answer, yes, sir. Question, and basically was told that this was not a true story? Answer, like I say, I've known this man through my work, and he is not telling me the truth, and I knew that. Question, but you still looked into it, correct? Answer, certainly. Question, and aren't you able to corroborate any evidence regarding that? Answer, yes, sir. Question, and when you left the sheriff's office, any verification of anyone being with Christy O'Pry after Eric Mickelson? Answer, I'm sorry? Question, any verification of anyone being with Christy O'Pry after Eric Mickelson? Answer, oh, no, sir. Question, we talked about cooperation. We know Eric Mickelson said he was with Christy O'Pry, correct? Answer, yes, sir. Question, in fact, he said he had stopped and she went into the Harley-Davidson store, correct? Answer, correct. Question. When he was with her, and you went to the Harley-Davidson store, correct? Answer, yes, sir. Question. And you talked to the owner of the Harley-Davidson store? Answer, correct. Question. 
and he verified that, correct? Answer, yes, sir. Question. And then, according to Mr. Mickelson, she got back in the car, and they went to another location. Answer, yes, sir. Question. So at this point, you have a statement from Eric Mickelson said he had taken her by Paige Dowden's, and you corroborate that. Answer, yes, sir. Question. He had taken her by the Harley Davidson store, and you corroborate that. Answer, yes, sir. Question. But after that, that's when things get murky, right? Answer, that's correct. Question. And you can't find anyone else who legitimately can say that they saw Christy O'Pry after. And basically, the stop would have been the Harley-Davidson, right? That would have been the last time someone said, yes, I saw Christy O'Pry other than the defendant. Yes, sir. Answer. Yes, sir. The Harley-Davidson store. They went there earlier in the afternoon, then went to El Chico's. Question. I'm sorry. That's correct, sir. They went to, to, to El Chico's. Answer. Yes, sir. Question. And you indicated there were some people there who described Christy and Eric Mickelson. Answer. That vaguely remembered them being in there. Question. So we have some people who have a description of the defendant and Christy O'Pry together at El Chico's? Answer, yes, sir. Question, so you get that, the Harley-Davidson and all that's been corroborated, and then they leave the El Chico's, and then that's it? Answer, that's it. Question, nothing else after that. Is that correct? Answer, yes, sir. The court. Have you concluded your redirect, Mr. Edwards? I'm sorry, Your Honor. I have. The court. Any new matters brought up on redirect, Miss Sheely? Yes, Your Honor. The court. What are they, Miss Sheely? The witness just said that the last information he got that the last person that saw Miss O'Pry alive was Mr. Mickelson, and I would like the ability to impeach him on that. There was one other person who saw her who reported to have seen her, Mr. Edwards. Your Honor, I believe that's the same issue that was addressed earlier. He's already ad addressed that issue. If she wants to go back over the same thing, the court. Ladies and gentlemen, let's, let's take a short break. I need to address a legal issue with regard to the Code of Evidence article. Let's take a short break. Y'all, the jury was excused from the courtroom. The court, which is the judge. The court. All right. Jury's outside the courtroom. Legal arg argument. If there is an argument, that's fine. I'm not understanding, Mr. Edwards, what your position is. If there's an agreement, fine. If there's not an agreement, we need to address it, and I need to rule on it. Ms. Sheely. Your Honor, the witness received information. We've been talking about who was the last person to see Miss O'Pry live, and Miss Mr. Edwards just asked the witness about any verifications and said he could not verify that of what Miss Mr. Mickelson said. The dropping off at the South Park Mall, dismissing what Mr. Mickelson said. That I believe opens the that I believe opens the door for me to impeach the witness on any information that he may not have been able to verify, but of information that he received through the course of his investigation, specifically at a time between August 1st and August 5th, there was a person who contacted him in the course of his investigation who said that someone saw Christy the last Saturday, which that Saturday would have been after July 19th, 1996. Even, even though that was not verified, it is someone saying that they saw Miss O'Pry at the Streaker Lounge after Mr. Mickles says he dropped off South Park Mall. Mr. Edwards, Your Honor, then that should have been brought up in cross-examination because that was my initial question on direct. You, 
Were you able to verify anyone being seen with Christy O'Pry after Eric Mickelson than the defendant? Could you verify that? Now, she brought up the other issues on cross, which is fine. On redirect, I asked the same question. Were you able to verify anyone being present with Christy O'Pry after Eric Mickelson was seen with her? We went through how he was able to verify the defendant's statements, but this is obviously something that was not verified. She could have brought that up on cross-examination. I have not opened up a new door on that. I think this is starting to get repetitive, the court. All right, have a seat, please. My viewpoint is first all of this. The code of evidence applies here. Ms. Seeley sought to get into hearsay, and I saw this freight train coming. But because the objection was so weak in your position, Mr. Everts, I indicated that if Ms. Sheely wanted to get into hearsay, it would be okay. But there would be wide latitude for her, and by that, I meant wide latitude for the state. Ms. Sheely got into all kinds of hearsay stuff that the state cannot cross-examine. I suspect, and then the redirect by you, Mr. Everts, in my view, did not open up that door. I kept waiting for the door to really be walked through, as we might say, to use the vernacular, and you never really did it. It was a very, really clean redirect in my view because I view this as being wide latitude with respect to this witness at this point. The point of all of this, though, is 611D of the Code of Evidence which does not allow for recross, and I don't deem there to be new matters brought up. And certainly under 403 of the Code of Evidence, it's inappropriate. I have given wide latitude, as I said, even though Ms. Sheely has been ejecting the hearsay all the way through, which is fine. She herself sought to attain hearsay information. The state really didn't object too much, and therefore I allowed it because the door was open but the state really didn't walk through it. And therefore, it's my view that it stops here. There's no new matter brought up on redirect. And I think that's no entitlement for the concept of recross examination, which doesn't exist in the code. It's not in 611D or 611E. So accordingly, if there's any objection, it is sustained. Is there an objection, Mr. Edwards? There is. I'm sorry. The court sustained. I just need to make sure everybody is alert. Miss Sheely, note my objection, Your Honor. The court, bring the jury in, please. The jury is returning to the courtroom, y'all. The court. All right. Please be seated, ladies and gentlemen. The objection is sustained. Deputy, I appreciate you being here. Thank you. That completes your testimony. Witness. Thank you, sir. The court. We'll take our lunch break. At this time, it's about 1245. Deputy Sheriff. Food's not here. The court. This business of getting the food here is tricky. The next witness will be fairly lengthy. Lengthy. Is that right? Mr. Edwards. The next witness would be Detective K. Ward, Your Honor. The court. Fairly lengthy? Mr. Edwards. Yes, Your Honor. Shout out to Astro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? <laughs> I love that. You sound like, <laughs> it's that time of year, though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well, have you tried Astro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? Astro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this. And you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies 
really kicked up with it, right? I use AstroPro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with AstroPro. Go to AstroProAllergy.com for a discount so you can AstroPro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O Allergy.com. It's faster, bro. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. AstroPro and go. It's springtime, boys. The grass is green, the birds are chirping, and the kids will be out of school soon. That makes it the perfect time to plan a family vacation. And we know from the stories we cover that this is not exactly the time to take the family to the Caribbean. You don't want to end up in the middle of some cartel drug shootout. So this year, it's time to take an international journey. And of course, a big international trip is just one reason to learn a new language with Rosetta Stone. You might have a different one. Maybe you want to connect with family or friends living overseas. Maybe you want to acquire a new skill for work or better understand a certain culture. Rosetta Stone has helped me have fun with my mother and at least have partial conversations in Italian after only a few lessons. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. Spanish, French, Italian, German, Korean, Chinese, Japanese, Dutch, Arabic, Polish, and many more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways. No English translation, so you really learn to speak, listen, and think in that language. Intuitive process, you pick up a language naturally. Designed for long-term retention. Speech recognition. The true accent feature is like having a personal trainer for your accent. Rosetta Stone is convenient and an amazing value. That's right, Woody. A lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Real Life Real Crime and Daily Show listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Sayonara. The court. Let's take lunch break at this time. It's 12.45, and I anticipate the lunch being here very soon. Let's plan on it about 1.30 or 1.45. We're not going to start without you, ladies and gentlemen, so I want you to take all the time you need to eat lunch. Please do not discuss the case as tough as it is. That rule is back in effect. We all know that, and I'll see you about 1.30 or 145. The jury was excused from the courtroom. The court. Thank you. 130. Short recess was had. They come back in, y'all. The court. Please remember not to use cell phones in the courtroom in any way, shape, or form, please. All right. The defendant is present with counsel. Everybody ready to proceed with the next witness? Mr. Everts. Yes, Your Honor. The court. Bring the jury in when they're ready. Deputy Chair, yes, Your Honor. And the jury is returned to the courtroom. The court, please be seated. Good afternoon. The court, please be seated. Good afternoon. And Mr. Edwards, please call your next witness. Mr. Edwards, Your Honor, the state would call Detective K. Ward. Detective K. Ward, having first been duly sworn, testified as follows. Direct examination is by Mr. Edwards. Question. Detective Ward, can you please state your name for the record? Answer. Yes, I'm Detective K. Ward with the Bossier Parish Sheriff's Office. Question. And Detective Ward, how long have you been with the Bossier Parish Sheriff's Office? Answer. About two years. Question. And what are your current duties with the Bossier Parish Sheriff's Office? Answer. I'm assigned to the Detective Bureau. Question. Before you went to Bossier Parish, where were you employed? Answer. The Caddo Parish Sheriff's Office. Question. And how long were you with the Caddo Parish Sheriff's Office? Answer. 
17 and a half years. Question. And what was your, what were your duties at the sheriff's office during the majority of that time? Answer. From August of 96 till I left in 2009, I was a detective. Question. So, in August of 1996, that's when you first moved into the detectives unit of the Caddo's Parish Sheriff's Office? Answer, yes. Question, and as one of your first cases in moving in, were you involved in the missing purse case of Christy O. Pry? Answer, yes, I was. Question, and were you familiar with an individual by the name of Eric Mickelson? Answer, yes, I am. Question. The person you know as Eric Mickelson, do you see him in court today? Answer. Yes, I do. Question. Can you identify where he's seated and what he's wearing? Answer. Yes. He's seated between his counsel and he has glasses on, has a beige shirt with a black and uh, striped tie. Mr. Edwards. Let the record reflect the witnesses identified defending an open court. Question. Detective Ward, when you started with the Texas office, you came on to the Christy O'Pry case, correct? Answer. Yes. Question. You weren't the lead detective at the time? Answer. No. Question. Who was the lead detective? Answer. Charlie Schultz. Question. And it's my understanding that Detective Schultz left the Caddo Parish Sheriff's Office in 1996? Answer. He did. He left about six months after I came into Detectives. Question. And when Detective Schultz left, another detective took over. Can you kind of explain to the ladies and gentlemen of the jury, a lead investigator, how that works? Answer. Whenever Charlie Schultz had the Christy O'Pry case, I came on in August of 1996. Detective Roy Tabor and I, since I didn't have that much experience, this assisted Charlie in the Christy O'Pry investigation. So I was there from August until I left in 2009, and I assisted with that missing persons case all those years. Through those years. Question. Throughout all the detectives at the Caddo Parish Sheriff's Office, were you the detective who had the longest tenure on Christy O'Pry's case? Answer. I was. Question. Now, was this considered a high media case at the time? Answer. It was. And what type of media are we talking about? And answer, of course, it was here locally, and it received national airtime on different programs. Question, as a result of that, and I don't know, have you dealt with other missing person cases? Answer, I have. Question, and does the media tend to influence the number of leads you'll get in the case? When I say leads, the number of hits or you know, anonymous tips or whatever the case you would get in the case? Answer, it does. Question, was that the case in the Christy O'Pry case? Answer, yes. Question, did you get a number of different tips in this matter? Answer, yes. Question, and some of the tips saying one thing, some tips saying another. Correct? Answer, yes. Question. As part of your responsibility as a sheriff's deputy in a missing persons case, is it your duty to respond and investigate these tips? Answer, yes, it is. Question. And so through the course of your investigation on the Christy O'Pry case, did, in fact, 
you investigate a number of tips regarding Christy O'Pry? Answer, yes. Question, and until we get to the date of July 2007, did any of those tips lead to any corroborating information as to a suspect? Answer, no, they did not. Question, did any of those tips lead to any instance that Christy O'Pry might still be alive? Answer, absolutely not. Question, but you investigated every tip that came your way, correct? Answer, yes. Question, now, as part of that, did you do a number of searches in different areas looking for Christy O'Pry? Answer, yes, we did. Question, can you relate to the ladies and gentlemen of the jury the general nature of these searches, the time period, and the general areas that you look for Christy O'Pry? Answer, yes. In August of 1996, there was a search of a partial piece of land off of Walker Road. It ran parallel with 70th Street and Highway 3132. It was a big stretch of big area of land. It was partially, well, mostly wooded. Little dirt roads went through. A lot of people used to ride motorcycles in that area, and we, I, I believe it was about a day or two search of that area, and we didn't find anything at that time. And then the second search that I was involved with was in October of 1996, and this was an area off of I-20 over in East Texas. I mean, excuse me, it was the area off of Highway 79 in East Texas. And we went there about 20 miles in East Texas on that highway, and we searched any abandoned buildings that were not too far off the roadway and covered all those up and down both sides of that highway on the search, and nothing was ever found. In October of 1997, there was a search of a wooded area in front of the mobile home that Christy lived in when she went missing. Like I say, a little wooded area there and off to the side, and there was a little wooded area, and we searched that. Nothing was found there. In December 1997, there was a search of some property off of Linwood Avenue. It was a little wooded area there at the Lake Village Trailer Park. A search was done there. Nothing was found there. And in August 1998, there was a wooded area behind Lowe's parking lot off of Mansfield Road, and Eric lived near that way. Even when he was a child growing up through the years, it was an area where he would play and ride his bike and things like that. And we had gotten a tip, and we searched that area and didn't find anything there. And in November 1999, we had searched the trunk of a car, and there was a strand of hair that was found there in a wooden club. And we sent those to the crime lab, and that was tested and did not come back as anything that was tested negative for anything that had to do with Christy. And there was an area in March of 2002, some property at the corner of Woolworth Road and Colquitt Road where they intersect. There was a wooded area. That area was searched there. And through the years, Eric's 22-acre property off Woolworth Road has been searched with cadaver dogs thoroughly. And a two- or three-day search was done with the cadaver dogs, and nothing was found at that time either. Question. So, in the time period we're talking about, the sheriff's office not resting on their heels. The sheriff's office is out looking for Christy O'Pry. Answer, yes. Question. And you're following any tips that come along, correct? Answer, yes. Question, and Christy O'Pry, her body does not turn up. You do not find any evidence that she's alive. Answer, no. Question, 
And during that time period, do you ever develop any primary suspects other than Eric Mickelson? Answer, no. Question. So he maintained during that entire period, in that time, entire time period, he remained the primary suspect? Answer, yes. Question. And was he still the last person during the entire time period that you could verify that was last seen with Christy O. Pry? Answer, yes, he was. Question. Now, I'm going to move forward to July of 2007, specifically the night, getting into the night of July the 12th, 2007. Were you with the sheriff's office at that time? Answer, yes, I was with the Caddo Sheriff's Office. Question, and did you receive a call? Answer, yes, I did. Question, and what was the nature of that call you received? Answer, I was on call that week, and I was instructed by my supervisor to meet with the Shreveport Police Department employee at an area on Woolworth Road near Colquitt Road. And they said, they're working on an investigation. Just go there because you'll need to assist them in that investigation. That's all I knew at the time. Question. And when you arrived at that location, did you recognize the location? Answer. Yes. When I went down Woolworth Road, I had been down that road many times. And of course, I was very familiar with Eric's 22 acres of property there. And when I got to that 22 acres, that's where all the SPD cars were. And I was absolutely just in shock, really. So, of course, I got out and talked to the deputies there and officers and there. And they told me what had happened with Mr. Martin and that Eric had made some Admissions of also killing Christy O. Pry. Question. And when you receive this information, what did you do next? Answer. I waited there. I was told that D- Detective McConnell had Eric and that they were going around to some areas and he was showing them some things and picking up some things. I believe in Mr. Martin's. And... I waited there for a while, and I got in touch with Detective McConnell, and he asked us to meet him and Eric and some other officers at the hunting lease off of question. The 10-point hunting club? Answer. 10-point hunting lease. Yes. Off of Jefferson Page Road. Question. And did you go to that location? Answer. Yes, I did. Question. And by the time you got out there, what time was it? Do you know generally? Answer. It was later on. It was in the summertime. It was probably right at dark or almost dark. Question. And who did you come into contact with when you got out to that location? Answer. Detective McConnell and some other other officers from SPD, and Eric Mickelson. Question. And was Eric Mickelson in custody at that time? Answer. Yeah, he was. Question. And what did you do at that point? Answer. Waited a little while, and Eric was showing them, I believe, Mr. Martin's torso, where the torso was located, and I waited. And I asked Detective McConnell, whenever he got time, could I go and talk to Eric? Because I kind of want to see how he would respond to me and talk to him. And so that's what I did. Question. And what did detectives tell you at that point? Answer. They said, sure. And a little bit later on, they said, yeah, go ahead and talk to Eric. So I went over there. where They were standing. Question. Okay. Answer, and spoke to Eric. 
He knew me for prior contacts with him throughout the missing persons case of Christy O'Pry, and I asked him, would it be okay if he had talked to me in a little while? And he says, sure. I told him, it's been a long time. Been 11 years. And he said, yeah, sure, I'll talk to you. Question, did he appear to recognize you? Answer, oh yeah. Question, at that point, what did you do at that point? Answer, at that point, I was with Sergeant J. Long, who was my supervisor, and we needed to get a representative or the part owner or owner of the 10-point hunting club to sign a consent to search form for that area where we were at. And when located him, and that was Sidney Harold. Um, he lived on Jefferson Page Road. And we drove down to his house, and he was very cooperative, and signed our consent form, and we did that. And we then went and looked at the culvert where Eric had told Detective McConnell that he had put Christy O'Pry's torso. I had been down that area many times. I was familiar with the area. It's not too far from the American Rose Center, and it was a big culvert. Um, that, that, there was a creek that ran through it, and when you got out to the edge of the road and looked down, it did go down a ways, and it was a concrete kind of flat place there in a culvert. Question. And Detective, I'm sure most people know what a culvert is, but just in case, what is a culvert? What is the purpose of a culvert? Answer. For running, well, I mean, and at that area, it was for running water to run through. It was a big creek that was going, of course, under the road, and there was a little bridge, and they're going under the road there, and it was a little creek. did eventually go out into a big pond at the end of Rice Road. Rice Road is a little dead end off of Greenwood Road. Question. And so this is a culvert, and it empties out eventually into a large pond area? Answer, yeah. Question. Did you get any information regarding the culvert? Answer, yes. In the years between 1998 and 2005, they had resurfaced that area right there, that road. They had redone the cover there. They had widened, I believe, the shoulder out there. And I'm of the understanding that they had some heavy equipment out there doing all of this. So there had been a change from 1996 until 2007 when we were back out there, when we were there. Question. I'm going to ask you if the witness may be permitted to leave the witness stand to show on the diagram, which would be States Exhibit 257 of the guilt phase of the trial, and show the ladies and gentlemen of the jury the location she's speaking of. The court. Yes, sir. Question. Detective Ward, have you had a previous opportunity to view this? Answer. Yes, I have. Question. Can you orient yourself? Answer, this is Greenwood Road. This is Jefferson Page Road. This is where Green Road and Jefferson Page Road intersects. The American Rose Center is approximately right in this area, and the culvert we were at, question. Detective, maybe you could stand on the other side so you're not blocking it? Answer, this is Jefferson Page Road. This is Greenwood Road, and it intersects right here. The American Rose Center is approximately right in this little area where my finger is pointing, and the culvert is just, this is north. It's just north of the American Rose Center is where the culvert was located. Question. So, just for the record, you're kind of pointing in the area. If you go to the very top left hand of the diagram as you're facing it, you see Jefferson Page Road. Answer, uh-huh. Question, as you travel southward on Jefferson Page Road, you kind of get to a curve there? Answer, uh-huh. Question, and is this air the culvert's in? Answer, yes, it is.
question. And this is just down the road to the 10-point Hun lease. Answer, 10-point Hun lease, yes. Question, and once again, what were dimensions of that area, that culvert? Answer, the search area, when we started, the search the crime scene investigators had made a grid of 100 feet by 150 feet there at that culvert area. Later on in the week, they expanded the area on both sides another 100 feet. So that's the circumference of the grid section of the area. Question. So this is in a fairly large area of land. Answer. Yes, and it's wooded. It's a wooded area also. Question. Now, at this time, after reviewing the culvert in question, what did you do? Answer. I then left there and waited a while for Detective McConnell to get Eric back to the Shreveport Police Department. I went ahead and went to the Shreveport Police Department. It was getting on in the later hours of the night and early in the morning by that time. When I got there, Detective McConnell was there with Eric. They had, I guess, done what they needed to do with Eric up until that point, and I was just waiting to talk to Eric. Question. So, now, we're in the police offices of the Shreveport Police Department. Answer. Yes. Question. And the defendant is in, is that Detective McConnell's office? Answer, yes. Eric was sitting in Detective McConnell's detective office. Question. And at that point, did you go in the room with the defendant? Answer, yes, I did. Question. And did you introduce yourself? Answer, yes. Question. Did he still appear to recognize you? Answer, oh, yeah. Question. Okay. And did you make any, mm, ascertain anything regarding the defendant's Miranda warnings? Answer, yes, I did. Question, and what did you ask him? Answer, I went in and I asked Eric, I said, have you been advised your Miranda rights? And he said, absolutely, definitely. Question, did you ask him if it'd be all right to talk to him? Answer, yes. Question, now, was this interview recorded? Hey, y'all. My wife's biggest struggle this past year was fighting the symptoms associated with menopause. Hot flashes, mild mood swings, and sleeplessness. She had them all until she tried Hormone Harmony. She was amazed at how much Hormone Harmony reduced her symptoms and supported her mood and her general well-being. Hormone Harmony is not just a supplement for women going through perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause. It's become a phenomenon. Women cannot stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens. Now, here's the beauty about adaptogens. They help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. So hormone harmony isn't just for menopause. Any woman with symptoms of hormonal imbalances can take it. But it's perfect for those horrible menopause symptoms that put a woman's life on hold. Hot flashes and night sweats, racing thoughts and low moods, Poor sleep and feeling tired all the time. Occasional bloating and gas. No desire to be in bed next to someone, if you know what I mean. Yeah, Hormone Harmony can help with all of these things. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code RLRC at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code RLRC for 15% off today. Looking for a new and healthier way to unwind? I was too, and then I tried Recess Mood. Recess Mood replaced that after-dinner alcoholic beverage for me, so I saw a difference in both my mood and my belly. It's made with real fruit, 
It is only 20 calories and it contains no added sugar. Recessed Mood is infused with functional ingredients like mood-lifting magnesium and stress-balancing adaptogens so you can relax without the alcohol or the hangovers. Recessed Mood tastes great too and comes in four different flavors. My favorite flavor is the Strawberry Rose. So whether you need a moment away from the errands, work, and kids, or you just need a moment of chill during dinnertime chaos, Recess Mood is where it's at whenever you need to relax and unwind. You deserve a healthier way to unwind. Head to takearecess.com slash RLRC and get 15% off Recess Mood, your go-to alcohol replacement. Answer. Yes, it was question and how was this interview recorded answer i had a small recorder i had a booklet something like this and i had it stuck in the booklet he didn't know that i was recording question and what did the defendant say about talking to you answer he's very eager to talk to me like i say it had been 11 years since i had really talked to eric i had seen him though through the years but I had not talked to him. Question. Did you tell him that you want what you want to talk about? Answer. Yes. And he knew. He knew that I wanted to talk about. He started right off being very cooperative. And he just started telling me what happened with Christy O'Pry. Question. And in this initial interview, what did the defendant tell you? Answer. The first thing he started really talking about was that how he had killed Christy. He had, of course, we had been before when she went missing, you know. We had his first story of what had happened, and then he kind of alluded to that he started to tell that he did go to his property, the 22 acres on Woolworth Road. He told me when he drove up, on the property is when he killed her. He told me that he wrung her neck. He told me he killed her, that while he was killing her, he killed her in his truck, the cab of his truck. He told me it was quick. He told me that while he was killing her, he was looking in her eyes. He was talking about how he killed her. Like I say, And then he took her on up into the property and his pond. And the property was about middle ways of the property, kind of right in the middle of the property. And he told me that he went up there and he put her in the pond. And he had two truck tire rims and he had taken them off one of his trucks, pickup trucks. And he described the rims as aluminum rims with a five-star diagram or design on them, and he said that to keep her down in the pond, to hide her, he put those two aluminum rims on top of her while she was in the pond. And he said that he left them, and he came back a day or two later. He was initially saying a day later. Later on, he said it could have been a day or two later. He got her out of the pond the next day, or actually... When he drove up there to the pond, she was floating in the pond, and he said that she was bloated, that birds had eaten her eyes out, and that she was very grotesque. He said he got her out of the pond then, and he decided that, you know, he had to get rid of her. He cut her up. He used a pruning saw, and he cut her head and arms and legs off, and he bagged those items in plastic trash bags. By that time, her blood had congealed, and he put the head and arms into one trash bag, I believe, and the legs in another. We didn't get into any great details in that interview. Later on, we got into more details about exactly what he did. The first interview was more just kind of a brief overlay of what he did question detective Ward, you talked about some time periods 
Did the defendant remember the actual day this occurred? Answer, yes, he did. Question, I'm talking about the exact day. He remembered the exact day that this occurred? Answer, yes, he did. Question, so what day did he say this happened? Answer, July the 19th, 1996. Question, and he was able to recite that to you in your first meeting with him? Answer, yes, he was. Question, and did the defendant say after he killed her how many days or he indicated on that day he put her in the pond, correct? Answer, yes. Question, did he indicate how long she was in the pond? Answer, in this interview, he told me that he went back there the next day. Later on, some other interviews, he didn't know if it was the next day or the next day that he went back. Question, so we're talking about apparently in the defendant's statement, the victim is in that pond either one or two days? Answer, yes. Question, so by the time August 1st would have come around, according to the defendant, would she have been in the pond at that point? Answer, August 1st of 1996? Question, yes. Would she still have been in the pond on that day? Answer, no, no. Question, in you were aware that's around the time period the sheriff's office looked at the pond or looked into the pond? Answer, yes. Question, what was the defendant's demeanor during his statement? Answer, just matter-of-factly. He was kind of tired, which I was tired too. Like I say, we had been up late and it was going one to the early morning hours, but he was very cooperative. He had no problem in talking to me about it. He didn't want me to put his name on that as far as killing Christy. It's what he said then. Question. So at this point, he doesn't realize he's being recorded. Answer. No. Question. And he does not want it coming out that he's telling you this. Answer. Right. Question, even to the victim's family? Answer, yes. Question, now, you indicated he was tired. Did you ask him if it was all right for you to come back at a later date? Answer, actually, he asked me to come back. Question, so it was his request? Answer, yes, I could tell you what he said. He said, I just need you to come tomorrow, you know. I said, okay, I'll be there. Question. And in fact, did you return the next day? Answer. I did. Question. Where was the defendant at this time? Answer. He was at the Shreveport Police Department jail by that time. And this was on the next day. Question. So at this point, we're talking about the morning of July 12th. Is that correct? Answer. Yes. Question. I'm sorry. July 13th. The morning of July 13th? Answer. Uh huh. Question. Around what time was it when you returned? Answer. It was around. 12.30, around lunchtime, between 12 and 12.30, more to 12.30. Question. So it's after the morning you gave him more time to get some rest. Answer. Right. And I got some rest, too. Question. And you got some rest, too, all right? Answer. Yeah. Question. And when you return the next day, was anyone with you? Answer, yes. And question, and who was that? 
answer. Detective Andy Scoggins with the Caddo Parish Sheriff's Office. Question. And once again, was this interview recorded? Answer. Yeah, it was. Question. And how was this interview recorded? Answer. With the same little micro recorder. Question. And did you read the defendant his Miranda warnings? Answer. Yes, I did. Question. And how did you do that? Answer. Caddo Sheriff's Office has a Caddo Sheriff's Office Miranda rights form and the policy or the way that we would start interviews is we would have the form with us. We would lay it out in front of the person and we would read it out loud and let them look and read along with us. And he was read as Miranda rights and he stated he understood his rights and he signed the form. Mr. Edwards, may I approach the witness, Your Honor? The court. Yes, sir. Question. Now, this wasn't the only time you went out and saw him, right? Answer. No. Question. In fact, you went multiple times out to the jail. Answer. I did. Not that jail. That's the first time I went to that jail. Question. The city jail, and then at some point he gets transferred to the Caddo Correctional Center. Answer, Caddo Correctional Center. Question, and on each of those times, did you bring a Miranda rights form? Answer, yes. Question, did you have him sign these? Answer, yes. Question, and did you read them? Answer, yes. Question. At this time, I'm going to show the witness states exhibit P9 through P12. Can you identify these exhibits? Answer, yes. These are the Miranda rights forms that I produced and read out loud and Eric signed. Question. Are these accurate copies of those forms? Answer, yes. Question. In... Do these contain the rights that you read read to the defendant? Answer, yes. Question, in each of these occasions, did he waive those rights and agree to make a statement? Answer, he did. Question, now, starting with States Exhibit P9, what was the date of the interview? Answer, July 13, 2007, at 1230. Question. Next, I'm going to show you what the state is marked as P10. What is the date and time of that interview? Answer. July 15, 2007, 10.05. Question. And I'm going to show you states P11 and ask you the date and time of that exhibit. Answer, July 15th, 2007, at 16.10. That would have been 4.10 in the afternoon. Question, 4.10 in the afternoon. And then, finally, States Exhibit P12. Answer, July 16th, 2007, 17.10 hours. Question. So all of these reflects the dates and the times that you went out and interviewed the defendant? Answer, yes. Mr. Edwards, Your Honor, at this time, the state would offer and introduce states exhibit P9 through P12. Ms. Sheely, no objection. The court, they will be admitted. All right, y'all, I got to end it there. That, um, <laughs> this next one, the... The it will be probably be the last one before I bring the family on. The, uh, this is where now you heard him. He's admitted to killing Christy O'Pry, and that um, he put her in the pond, and that she floated up, and he cut her up and, and dismembered her and placed placed her in different places. These interviews that um, Detective Ward's are going to do now are just so 
fucking far out there. I mean, I hate it for this family. I hate it for Mr. Charles Martin's family. I hate it for Christy O'Prize's family. But we have got to read these, and I will make sure that's the last one. Then I will give you an update in the case. Um, and then I'm going to get together with the family, and we're going to do a call to action. And y'all, it's been since, what, 96? So that's 2006, 16. That's 24, 27 years, right? Man, it's a long shot. But we uh, got to finish telling the story, and it'll probably be the last one I ever do where I read it verbatim. Um, I want to thank all you lifers. Y'all go follow me on TikTok, posting there every day videos. Some are cooking, some are funny, some are true crime, some are in the studio. Um, follow me. Also, go to Real Life Real Crime community app, download it for free. It has everything in Real Life Real Crime on steroids. And I just love you all. Thank you so much. And LOPA, Louisiana Oregon Procurement Agency. You know, it's my jam, people. They are a nonprofit and they save lives every day. Be a hero. Sign up to be an organ donor. If it comes time and they're able, able to use anything that you have, you're not going to give a shit. Uh, um, sign up. People are dying every day waiting on organ transplants. Uh, and you don't have to be from Louisiana. If you are a lifer from San Diego, California, and you want to sign up to be an organ donor, go to lopa.org, fill out the, the two-minute little deal, and be a hero, right? Um, I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on Murder by You. Peace. Yeah, the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights? Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.